for living the next six weeks uh, deeply and fruitfully uh, as God is hoping we will live them. So the very first image was from the gospel, uh, the desert. So now you know the story, of course, after Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, but before he began his ministry, uh, Mark, Mark tells us that Jesus was, drove, uh, was driven out uh, by the Spirit into the desert, where he, of course, experienced temptation. And uh, it's year B, so we skip Matthew. Matthew tells us, you know, all the temptations, you know, the details. Mark doesn't. Uh, but we know that Jesus was tempted uh, by Satan. And of course, throughout the Bible, not just in today's reading, but throughout the Bible, the desert is often referred to the place of testing, testing, where we experience our weakness and dependence uh, of, on God. So water and food are hard to come by there, and the temperatures and emptiness are oppressive to both the body and the mind. Have you ever been to the desert? Ever? Like, not just like in Israel, but like ever in the desert. Here in Colorado, there is a desert. Anyone? Great Sand Dunes? Yeah, National Park? You should go, you should go. That's a desert. You know, a small one, but you can actually feel like in the desert. Uh, so the desert, again, is the place where our illusions of self-sufficiency and comfort just fade away. And when we are in the desert, uh, either, you know, in a common sense or just, you know, in a in different, like, perspective, but we have to realize we need God. That's what should happen in the desert. In the other words, the desert is the opposite of the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, book of Genesis, God is with you, you have everything. The desert, you have nothing. And you need God. You have to realize this at some point. So this is of course the place of suffering and hardship that sin has led us to. And both, again, original sin, right? The book of Genesis and also our personal sin or even sins, I should say, uh, they have interfered with God's plan uh, for our lives and for our world. And that's why we need salvation. We need salvation. Second image, uh, the book of uh, Genesis. You have Noah, you know the story, right? But the, today's reading is from chapter 9, right after the flood is done, 40 days, by the way, you see that? connection, Jesus in the desert 40 days, the flood 40 days. After the flood is almost done, God tells Noah, I will never ever do it again. I was wrong. I was wrong. Flood, of course, in this perspective, was about to cleanse the sin uh, from, the, from the world. And it didn't work. That's why Jesus had to come. The ancient, of course, flood, Peter told us in the second reading, foreshadowed Christian baptism. Baptism cleanses, right, original sin, the way the flood in the book of Genesis it cleansed the whole world 
from humans. I've been saying this actually for a few weeks. If you have people, you have problems. Uh-huh. So God thought, if I get rid of people, get rid of the problems, right? But I'm going to save a little bit so they can start over. Those who are close to me, they should be fine. No, they were not. Noah was, of course, the first one. So we need salvation. But since God promised Noah, I will never ever do it again. So Jesus came. At this time, yes, we still need the flood, and that's the baptism. You see the two extremes, the desert, no water at all, flood, way too much water, both kills. Two extremes. Let's find the common ground. That's why he came. That's why he came. But these are the most fundamental aspects of our faith. You know, and these are the, the themes that should uh, fill our hearts and minds throughout the, the season of Lent. We need uh, salvation. And so it's, it's kind of like Catholicism 101. It's just the basics, like the alphabet for preschoolers. Like that's what I'm telling you right now. It's the alphabet of Christian faith. And so I recently read an article about the little boy who actually wanted to buy a pet dog. Uh, so he went to the pet shop, sold five uh, puppies for sale, and asked the shop owner how much they cost. And so the man replied, well, each is like $50. And some are more. And so uh, this little boy pulled out uh, his change, counted it, and, and told the, the, the owner, well, I have just dollar and 47 cents. When the man said, uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, that's, that's not enough. I guess you would have to save uh, your money and come back again uh, later when you have at least uh, $50. Uh, but just then, when the man's wife brought out another puppy uh, from the back of the store, it was smaller, had a crippled leg, and limped badly when it tried to walk. And so then explained that this one had been born without a hip socket and would always be lame. There is no cure. And so the little boy was actually happy. He said, I wish I had the money to buy that one. Well, it's not for sale. Uh, I will gladly give it to you two for free, because no one will buy it. But the little boy refused, saying, no, sir, that little dog is worth just as much as the others. I will give you a dollar and 47 cents now, and 50 cents a month until I have paid in full. And so confused, the man asked, like, why do you want a dog that will never run and play like the other puppies? And the boy reached down and rolled up his pent uh, leg and revealed a badly twisted, crippled left leg supported by the metal brace. And said, I don't run and play too well myself. I think this little puppy will need someone like me who understands. And I think this is a Catholic fa faith in a nutshell. Jesus came and 
he experienced our life. Jesus became one of us. He paid the full price for our sins and offered us salvation just because, well, he loves us. That's, that's the Catholic faith in the, in the natural. But if you think about the readings today, yes, we have the desert, we have the flood, but there is one more uh, symbol, one more image. That's the rainbow, the first reading. Noah, of course, probably didn't know the scientific explanation. Of course, probably didn't behind the rainbows, right? How they are created. But he did understand their spiritual meaning. Of all creation, you know, all of creation has a physical nature that science explores and explains. But creation also has a spiritual meaning. But we cannot, we cannot forget about. But this is, of course, a gift from our God the gift full of messages, lessons, uh, and inspirations. Of course, science, I studied physics, so I could go into the details how it's done, but let's skip it. But you know, it, you can actually do it at your house. You can create a rainbow, right? Pretty simple. But science explains how it's done, but it cannot explain the, the kind of the thrill of wonder that fills you know, our hearts. Uh, we behold that, that same rainbow. When you see the rainbow on the sky, it's like, I don't know, I usually always stop. I'm like, wow, that looks great. Looks great. And uh, yes, if you are a parent, your kids at some point will ask you how it's done, so you should actually do it tonight. Maybe read about it on Wikipedia, how rainbows are made, so you will know the right answer. Don't say just God created it. No, 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 explain in a scientific way, okay? We use science and, you know, and faith, both. Don't ever use just one, that's kind of wrong. And I'm just repeating John Paul II, use your reason and your faith to fly high to God, both, not just one. Well, of course, the rainbow appears, we know when, when sunlight and storm clouds come together. Again, two extremes sunlight and storm clouds. And of course, God told Noah, but he chose this as a symbol of his covenant and his promise that salvation would conquer sin. And of course, this covenant and promise still stand, right? That's why even Jesus came, but we still are in this covenant, the new covenant, the new testament. If you ever see a rainbow from the high when you are in the airplane, you know what shape it is? A circle. That's the circle. It's not the arc. That's the circle when you look from above. Because God's salvation never ends. Circle is the symbol of infinity. It never ends. God's covenant never ends. God's promises never end. Now, in the New Testament, our crucifix is our rainbow. That's the new covenant. When you look at the crucifix, you should stop and be like, wow, that looks great. 
It really does. The cross of Christ is our ark, the one that saved Noah. Now this cross saves us. No storm can cancel out uh, Christ's victory over evil. No clouds can reverse it, and no flood can extinguish it. And of course, we still suffer. We still have our own storms in our lives, hardships, pain, but we still continue to, to follow Christ because the light of his love shines brightly even in the midst of the, of the storm. So today, we have the privilege uh, to renew our hope, right? Once again, through this Mass, through Holy Communion, uh, to be freshly inspired uh, by the glimpse of our rainbow. When we see a rainbow in the sky, that's what I guess everyone does, the first thing we do is tell those around us, right? So they will see it too. Kids are really good at this. They're always like, mom, dad, look, there is a rainbow. But no matter how old you are, you still do it. You wanna share. Look, there is this beautiful thing. So this land, let's, let's do the same. With our rainbow, with the crucifix that shines in our Christian hearts.